with you, I'd like you to turn with me to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. We're going to look at one verse of scripture to start off tonight, but we're going to stay in Acts chapter 12. Last week we looked at the importance of praying through, and we looked at what happened when Paul and Silas was in prison and how they prayed at midnight and prayed through, and they prayed the word of God, and God heard them. We're looking at a different set of circumstances tonight, but the same result. How many of you are glad to know God hears your prayers? Amen? Amen. Praying them out. The title of my message tonight. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. The word of God says this. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Listen to it again. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing, Lord God. We are hopeless and helpless without you, Lord. We're just going through the motions, Lord. We're just... uh, People, oh God, hallelujah, that's living without hope, without expectation. But because of Jesus, all things are possible. Lord, I ask you to touch me with that anointing that makes preaching effective, oh God. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what your spirit would say into the church. And help us, oh Lord, to not be forgetful hearers only, but help us to be doers of thy word. And God, we'll be ever careful to give you the praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell them you're glad to see them in God's house tonight. Hallelujah. There are three things we need to consider whenever it comes to praying. Number one, we need to consider the situation that we're praying about. What's the individual's situation What do we want God to do for that individual? What do we need to ask God to do? Number two, we need to look at what the church's response is supposed to be. What should our response be over people's crises and situations in their lives? And then we want to look lastly tonight at what is God's response when we pray. What is God's response when we pray? Look with me real quickly at... Verse 1 of Acts chapter 12, the word of God describes for us the situation that Peter was in. It says, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Verse 2, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter Also, these were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quatrains of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. This was a serious situation, amen? Peter was, life was in jeopardy. It was hanging in the balance, and the one who had put him there was a wicked king. Now, just like we looked at last Wednesday night, 
Paul and Silas were in jail because they delivered a woman who was possessed by a devil of fortune telling. And if I can add a PS on that message, we as Christians have no business messing with fortune tellers, with psychics, with Ouija boards, with a tarot card reading, all that's of the devil. You ain't got no business messing with it. But Paul and Silas cast the devil out of that woman and the owners uh, was upset about it because they made money off of her and they had them thrown in prison. Now here is Peter in jail because uh, Herod saw that the Jews liked the fact that he was killing Christians. Beloved, sometimes you go through difficulties in life that's not your fault. Sometimes you face difficulties just because we live in a sin-cursed world. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't pray about them. A lot of people say, well, that's just the way it is. I've got to deal with it. No, we need to learn how to go before God until God moves. Hallelujah. I want you to realize what's going on in this situation. Peter was in jeopardy for his life. We've got people at Earl Church of God, they are in jeopardy of their lives. We've been praying for Sister Robin, and God has worked marvelously in her life. But we've got to keep praying. we got Brother Johnny. He's in jeopardy of his life. We want to keep praying for him. Brother Tony Phillips is going through some things that he's in jeopardy of his life. We need to pray for him. There's others that are facing things that the situation could get worse very quickly. We need to lift them up. Our nation is in a state of crisis where it could go further and further south at any moment. We need to be in prayer. Not just say, well, you know what, if it's God's will, we can't stop it, we can't hinder it. But I want to show you something. The church didn't have that attitude. Aren't you glad tonight that we don't have to have the attitude, well, there's nothing we can do about it? Aren't you glad tonight, hallelujah, that we can do something about the situations of our lives, even whenever it is a serious situation? I want you to see how serious it was. Uh, Peter was about to be killed, and it was so serious that he was held by four quatrains of soldiers. Now, what a quatrain of soldiers were, well, that were four soldiers standing around one man, and they would switch out every quarter of the night. So Peter had four men standing round about him all the time with swords, ready to kill, ready to fight, ready to defend the rule and law that Herod had passed down. But how many of you know soldiers can't stop God? How many of you know that the name of Jesus Christ is greater than the name of cancer or heart disease or depression or fear or anxiety or financial troubles? The name of Jesus is greater than it all. Amen. Somebody praise the Lord in this house. Hallelujah. Look at what was going on here. I want you to realize what verse 5 says. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Change that for just a moment and put your situation there. I have physical problems in my body. I have problems in my marriage. I have problems in my finances. I have problems in my nation. Whatever you want. That could be a, a sentence, but I want you to realize that's not a period there. I want you to realize that but is very important. That conjunction is very important. Something was going on. Although the situation was bad, 
something was happening. Look at what the scripture says. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. What's going to be the response of Earl Church of God for these that are in crisis situations, for these that need healing? What's going to be the, the response of Earl Church of God for the financial needs and our lost loved ones that are on their way to hell? Beloved, I want to tell you something. I want us to be a church of prayer. And I'm so thankful we have Monday night prayer time. I'm so thankful that when I give the altar call, you come down and you gather around these altars. And if you're not physically able to gather here, you make an altar in your pew and you call on God. And you believe God to pray. You believe God to work. I want you to realize so many people nowadays are strategizing. And they are changing the environment of the church to try to draw the world in. They are trying to make the world, the church acceptable and pleasing and inviting. But we need to understand and realize we need to obey God and we need to pray to bring those people out. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give God praise. They weren't planning a break in. They were planning on God doing something. They weren't planning on overthrowing the country. They were planning on God doing something. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at it in a little bit. I believe that we're going to see what they were praying and asking God to do for Peter. But look at what it says here. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made how often? Without ceasing. Without ceasing. Prayer was made for Peter, hallelujah. When was the last time you prayed for your loved ones to be saved? When was the last time you prayed for God to touch those who are grieving in your life? When was the last time you prayed for God to heal those in your family and those in your church? Hallelujah. Beloved, we need to learn to pray and pray and pray. And I'm going to show you the attitude we should have when it comes to the subject of prayer. But notice what happened. Without ceasing of the church unto God for Him. Sometimes we got to put our needs aside and start focusing on the needs of others. Amen. We talked about this storm that's coming in, and somebody made mention of it. Sister Linda made mention of it. Last year, Hurricane Level 5, Category 5, was right off the coast of North Carolina. Before it went ashore, it was a Category 1. I believe that was because the church started praying. I think somebody can praise the Lord for that. I could tell you story after story of what happens when God's people pray. Hallelujah. And we get a hold of the Lord. Uh, notice what scripture goes on and says. I want to start looking at God's response when God's people pray. Now we talked about it last week. Uh, sometimes God will send a natural answer to your prayers. But sometimes, hallelujah, he'll send a supernatural. And I want to see some supernatural answers to prayer. Amen. I know God uses the doctors and God uses nurses. God used an earthquake uh, to set Peter and Silas free. And to see that man, that centurion saved, the jailer saved. But look what happens here. Verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth. Now that's important for you to realize. God's timing is critical. It didn't just say the first time they prayed, did it? It got more dire. It got worse. Sometimes you've heard the old saying, it's always worse before the dawn. Sometimes it gets darker before the dawn. Scripture tells us that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes 
in the morning. I want you to understand, God heard the prayers of the people, but he didn't bring them out immediately. But when it got at God's time, see, Herod was saying, okay, that's it, I'm going to kill Peter. Look, when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, whoo, hallelujah. How many of you know that God knows exactly what's going on in your life, and he's got perfect timing? Heard somebody say one time he was scared to death of flying, and he was he, he refused to go flying. He said, uh, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. And his friend said to him, Well, you know, that's not exactly what that scripture is talking about there. And he said, Well, why have, what do I do if I, if this the Lord the Lord says this is time for the pilot to, to go to heaven? I'm scared of flying. He said, Well, don't you think God's got good aim? I want you to realize something. That whatever is your time, is your time. Trust in Him. Rest in Him. Rely on Him. God allowed Peter to stay in jail until it was His time to bring him out. God might let you go through a physical problem. God might let you go through a financial problem. God might allow you to deal with circumstances that you're wondering, Lord, why haven't you brought me out of this yet? But understand this, His timing is perfect. He was four days late getting to Lazarus, but hallelujah, he still got to him, and he still rose, rose him from the dead. Hallelujah. Whatever your situation in life might be, God's still able to meet your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Can somebody praise the Lord? Now, I want you to understand what Peter was doing here. Now, remember, we looked at it last week. Paul and Silas was praying about midnight. Look at what Peter was doing here. The same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Hallelujah. Would you be able to sleep at midnight knowing you were about to die the next day? Or would you be tore up? Here's Peter asleep. Sometimes, beloved, people don't know how serious the situation is. Sometimes people's not going to be praying for themselves. Sometimes people's not going to come to church. Sometimes people's not going to be at a place. They might be bound up in something. They might be trapped in something. And it's up to the church to pray for them. Here was Peter asleep, but aren't you glad prayer was still going on? You might sit down there and say, well, my loved ones don't care about Jesus. Keep praying for them. You might sit down there and say, the doctors have given up hope. Keep praying for them. Now notice what it says here. Look how serious this was. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. So understand this was a no escape situation for Peter. Let's go on with me to verse 8, brother. Hallelujah. Or, yeah, verse 7. You were right, verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. Hallelujah. Why? Because Peter would pray? No, we saw it right before. Peter was asleep. Because Peter was holy? No, Peter was asleep. Because Peter was the one that said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Most High God? Peter was asleep. Why? The church was praying. I believe the Bible says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Oh, I get excited every time I read this. I want you to understand something tonight as we look at that verse for just a moment more. I want you to realize that even when God sends you a miracle, there's still things you have to do. A lot of people say, oh, well, I'm under grace so I can live any way I want to live. No, you can't. You still need to serve God. You still need to live holy. You still need to flee temptation when it comes at you. Uh, And when you need a miracle, why do I believe that people still need to go to the doctors even whenever I believe in divine healing? Because God is going to use uh, supernatural means, but we still got to work in the natural He didn't just say, okay, angel, go down there and pick Peter up and carry him outside. He could have, couldn't he? But he was showing us that God works in the natural and the supernatural together. Look at verse 8. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. Understand the meat. Mm. Can you get the sandwich in your mind? Hallelujah. Four guards on each side of the man. Two chains. Here comes God sending an angel because the church was praying. Hallelujah. Chains fall off. The angels go ahead and give God praise. Chains fall off. The angel starts carrying along a conversation and here are the guards. Asleep. Why? Because the church was praying. Without ceasing. Now notice what it says on the Bind on thy sandals, and so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. Understand again, the angel didn't just pick up Peter and carry him there. There was still something Peter had to do to get set free. A lot of times, beloved, we can pray and pray and pray, but we got to pray that God will help people do what, oh, hallelujah, they've got to do to get their freedom. Look with me at verse 9. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw a vision. Amen. Peter was a visionary. He was the one who had the vision of the unclean of the unclean beast and that was let down out of heaven and the Lord said rise Peter kill and eat. And so I can understand that. Many times beloved when, when we're praying for people they don't even realize or understand that God's working a miracle in their life. Nobody else saw the light. Nobody else heard the angel. Nobody else saw the chains fall off. Don't you think that chains clattering and falling to the ground would have woke somebody up? Four soldiers right beside him, the keeper of the garrison there. But notice what happens here. Verse 10. When they were past the first and the second war, understand this, Lord God, you see what I'm saying to you. What was going on? The church was praying. The church was praying. Here goes Peter going through this life and death situation. But the church is praying. The church is praying. Notice. When they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Hallelujah. Why? The church was praying. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. Hallelujah. Verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, 
Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jews. Glory to God. I want you to realize something. You're praying for your lost loved ones. You're praying for those that are sick in their bodies. You keep at it. Sooner or later, they're going to wake up and they're going to realize God is in the midst. You keep praying for this community. You keep praying for this church. Hallelujah. Keep it up night and day and believe God. Now let me hurry up for the sake of time. Oh, hallelujah. I could stay right there. And when he had considered the thing, I love this. Last thing I want us to look at. We looked at God's response to the church praying. We looked at the, the church's response to Peter's situation that they prayed. And we looked at the natural situation of Peter. Now, I want to under, want to give you the mindset that we need to have when it comes to praying. Look at what it says here. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Here it is again. Where many were gathered together, what were they doing? Praying. When we come to church, what are we going to do? Is this going to be a house of prayer or a house of feasting? It's okay to eat. It's okay to have good times. But beloved, above all else, we need to pray. It's a good place to come for sins. It's a good place to come to talk and love on one another. But above all, we need to pray. And we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Hallelujah. Look at what it says here. How serious should I be about my prayer life? And as Peter knocked at the door. Now remember, this is the one where they were praying. This is the one they were praying for. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. Verse 14. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, hallelujah, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. She was so happy to hear Peter's voice, she didn't even open up the door to him, hallelujah. That's serious praying right there. That's somebody that's rejoicing. You can run right past your miracle. You can run right past the blessing of God if you're not careful. Look at what it says there. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she consistently affirmed that it was so. Then said they, It is his angel. They said there was a Jewish custom that says that whenever somebody dies, they would send his angel around and go throughout the community and let people know that they passed. Sometimes people would see the angel. But so they thought that Peter had died. But they kept praying. But notice what verse 16 says. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Wow, it's what you've been praying for. <laughs> it's what you were asking God to do. Now, I want you to realize something. This shows us the attitude of the church. Where we need to be at with our attitude. We need to take God serious. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask amiss that you might consume it upon your lust. Beloved, we don't need to just pray for God to start saving our loved ones. We need to start putting timetables on that thing. We need to start praying for what we want God to bring them out of. Uh, we need to pray for what we want God to do. When we're praying for healing, hallelujah. When I'm praying for Sister Brooks healing in her eye, I want her to be able to see it completely healed out of both eyes. I want her to see have 20-20 vision. I'm praying for that. 
When I'm praying for Brother Ed, I'm praying for him to be able to move his arms up and down without pain. When I'm praying for Sister Sarah, Sister Sue, that's what I'm praying. When I'm praying, hallelujah, for Sister Linda's foot, I'm praying for the bones to be together. When I'm praying for those with diabetes, I'm praying for the sugar level to be normal. Don't just pray, Lord, heal them. We need to pray, Lord, set them free. I believe they were praying, oh, God, set Peter free and bring him back to us. And there he stood right before him. Hallelujah. And they were so intense praying and they didn't believe it. Look at what it says here, verse 17. But he beckoning unto them with a hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Who gets the glory? When the church prays, God does. Who's blessed? We are. Are the needs met? Yes. When? When we pray. Now notice this. And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. So what should I do? When I see people in a specific situation, somebody's battling with heart disease, pray for God to heal their heart. Somebody's battling with diabetes, pray for God to heal their diabetes, to regulate their sugar. If God, somebody's battling with cancer, pray for God to take them cancer cells out of their body. For God to regulate them. We need to get specific with our prayers. You know somebody that needs to be saved tonight? Pray for God to deliver them from their sins, for them to call on Jesus. You know somebody that needs to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Pray that God fills them with the Spirit and gives them the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit leads them. Hallelujah. And pray until it happens. I'm going to ask the praise team if they'll come back and get ready to lead us to the...